So today we'll be reading from the letter to the Hebrews. This letter was written at a time of persecution for believers. So our text today is meant as both a comfort and a bit of a challenge. What do earthly authorities and earthly borders mean to those who are citizens of God's kingdom? Reading from the 11th chapter, faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land he had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age for having children because she believed that the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. They were as many as the number of stars in the sky and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. So over the last few weeks, we've explored some of the ways that God reaches into our lives and challenges our assumptions. As Jesus was traveling the countryside teaching and healing people, he was also constantly reaching beyond the boundaries and the borders that he, people had created around themselves. Every time we assume that God is on our side and everyone else is wrong, we, we find an example to go against it. In the Old Testament, we found a general of a foreign army who was hostile to Israel, who was healed by God. In the Gospels, Jesus refuses to put a limit on those that we are called to love, those who are our neighbors. He centers a foreigner as the perfect example of a loving neighbor. When we complain that other people are not acting like us and not doing the things that we think they should be doing, Jesus points out that not all faith looks exactly the same. When we seek to know how to speak to God, when the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, Jesus shows us that God is neither a distant despot nor a cosmic bellhop. Instead, God is as close to us as family. Today, our text offers us another challenge related to borders. In this letter written to a group of Hebrew believers, we are pointed toward the unseen and the unknown. God rarely steps out in front of us and yells, here I am! But we have faith 
and we trust in those things that we cannot see. We have faith and we trust in the stories that have been passed on to us. We have faith and we trust in that word of God that came down to live among us. We have faith and trust in the evidence that we can find of God still working in our world today. In our text today, we are both challenged and encouraged in the face of uncertainty in the world. We are encouraged by the stories of God's faithfulness through the ages. We hear examples of times when people trusted in God, even when God's promises seemed laughable as they were to Sarah when she heard that she was going to give birth well into old age. Abraham and Sarah are lifted up as the ultimate example of those who trusted in God's faithfulness. They moved to a distant land. They, they endured famines and calamities. They welcomed strangers into their home. And ultimately, they were able to have the child that God had promised to them. When we face times of uncertainty and pain, it helps at times to be reminded of God's faithfulness, especially when we can't see it. God's faith is not like our faith. It does not falter. It does not fail. God remains faithful even after we have forgotten all about the promises that have been made. I, I was reminded, I was actually struck this morning as I was reading the text. I was reminded of... of um, of the recent Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, and there's a, there's a scene in there where they're, they're in like this hopeless situation where they're being chased by the First Order and, and they're on the verge of running out of fuel and everything looks hopeless. And the Admiral says to um, one of the pilots, if we only believe in the sun when it's shining, we'll never make it through the night. That's what the author is talking about here, about that faith that we cannot see at times, but God is always there, always faithful. And while the bulk of today's text certainly focuses on that kind of encouragement, it ends with a bit of a challenge as well. They confess that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. Now, on the one hand, this can be a little bit of encouragement as well, just as Jesus tells Pilate that his kingdom is not of this earth, our citizenship is in God's kingdom. We've been adopted into the body of Christ. When viewed this way, what are the inconveniences that we run into every day if this is not our true home? And for some, that can be an encouragement this is, this is part of what the text is saying when it points us to Abraham and Sarah and others who have gone before us in the faith. They had the kingdom of God to look forward to, to sustain them through everything that they were facing. They were going forward to something better. They were trusting that God's promises would be true. But this also serves as a bit of a challenge as well for if our citizenship is in God's kingdom, what are earthly nations to us? 
For the Hebrew people, much of their early relationship with God was about setting boundaries to say, we are like this and not like that. Setting boundaries about what it means to be God's people. Do this, don't do that, don't mix with those people over there. Maybe some of that sounds a little familiar to you. In today's text, we heard about Abraham going to a new land, a place he had never been. He was not native to that land. He was not a citizen of that land. But he went there anyway, trusting in God's promise that it would be a land of welcome. A land filled with good things for him and for his descendants. He traveled a great distance across other lands to reach a place where he expected to find a better place for his, him and his family and his descendants. He trusted in God's promises to see him through, but he also knew that in the lands that he passed through and even in the land that he finally settled in, that he was a foreigner, an immigrant, a sojourner there for a time, but ultimately his place was with God. The physical location didn't matter as long as he knew God's love for him. When we look at the relationships that Jesus modeled for us, when we consider that the kingdom of God is not like earthly kingdoms, this begins to make a little more sense. Jesus tells us that he came to reconcile the world to God. He included not only the Jews in his words, but he included foreigners, he included Samaritans, he included the Romans. He set them up as examples at times. He prayed with them. He shared meals with them. God's kingdom is not limited to just a certain people. As we look at our world today, we see that there are those following Jesus all around our globe. Through Jesus, we are all sisters and brothers. We are all united in faith, united in mission. As those that follow Jesus, our citizenship is first and foremost in God's kingdom. In the days of Jesus, this is why it was such a big deal to call Jesus Lord. In that part of the world at that time, only the emperor could be called Lord. It was, not a, it was, a, it was a title not only for a leader, but a title of divinity, claiming that the emperor was a god. So by using that same title for Jesus, the same title that would be used for the emperor, people were showing that their allegiance, their allegiance was to Jesus first and foremost. Not to the emperor first, not to the empire first, to Jesus first. What does it mean to us today to claim Jesus as Lord? What does it mean for us today to consider that our primary citizenship is to God's kingdom? What does it mean to consider that unlike earthly kingdoms, God's kingdom has no geographical boundaries? Does it change the way we look at the world around us? Like Abraham in the lands that he went to, we are foreigners and immigrants in this place. We reside in a place that is ultimately not our true home. Our first allegiance, our primary citizenship, is 
to the kingdom of God. This kingdom has no geographical borders. There's no citizenship test, no passport, no flag. Its citizens speak countless languages and come in multiple skin colors. But they all have in common the same goal, to love God and to love their neighbors as themselves. That's it. This is what Jesus meant when he said that his kingdom was not of this earth. This is what the writer of Hebrews means when he says that those who trust in gods are immigrants and foreigners on this earth. What earthly nation has ever had love as its primary reason for being? And yet this earth is where we currently live. We may be foreigners and immigrants in this place, but this is where we are. This is where God has put us. So we cannot simply just ignore the pain and the hardships that exist in the world simply because we're just passing through. If the citizens of God's kingdom are those who love their neighbors and there are no limits on who our neighbors are, does it really matter that we are just passing through this place, that we're just strangers in this land for a time? Wherever we are, that is the place that we are called to love God and to love our neighbors. As we've seen over the last few weeks, God's kingdom does not look like the kingdoms that we are used to, that we have experienced here on this earth. There are no divisions between the members of God's kingdom. But while we may be citizens of that kingdom's first, we are still here today in this place. We may be strangers in this land, but we are still called to love those that we encounter along the way every day. Like Abraham, we have followed God's call to this place. We may be sojourners and strangers in this place, but Jesus still teaches us to love those that we encounter. As we get ready to go forth from this place, as we get ready to return to our lives outside of these walls, I want us to remember that. Remember where our citizenship is. Remember what it is that Jesus teaches us about loving our neighbors. And may we continue to live our lives in such a way that people will never doubt that we are citizens of God's kingdom. May we continue to show others the mercy and the love that we have received from God. And may the world know that we are Jesus' followers by our love for others.